0: If you're a passionate coloured pencil artist or an aspiring one who's looking to create their best work and a joyful life you love, you're in the right place. Grab a cuppa and a custard cream. Let's get cracking. I'm inspired by so many artists, artists who push me to develop my own work, and Antoniette is one of those artists. Her work is incredible, not only coloured pencil, but oils too, and her love of teaching shows in the work her students produce. Not only is she an incredible artist, but such a lovely person too. Kind, incredibly generous with her knowledge. It was such a pleasure to speak to her. Good morning. Honestly, I'm so excited to meet you.
1: Oh, so likewise. It's so nice to finally be chatting with you. I know. You're like one of my idols. Oh, well, I can say the same about you. you're um you're the one that initially inspired me to get started with you know posting my artwork on Facebook and I remember seeing one of your um one of your horse portraits and I and I thought wow gosh I wish I could do that (laughs) and um
0: yeah here we are oh my goodness have you I mean I when I look at your work I it looks like you've been drawing forever have you been doing art forever
1: Oh, I've I've always loved to draw ever since I was little, and I'm I'm just so lucky now. I I teach kids, and um I get to do it for a living, and it's um it's amazing to be able to to do what you love.
0: It it really does, and I've seen. I know I've sent you because every time every time I see the stuff that you're that you're teaching, I'm like oh my goodness you could do this you could do this and you could do this but but that's kind of me me, you know how how I I I guess how I run my business and that's not I I just see you having the most fun and enjoyment with what you're doing and creating the most incredible pieces just you know and and getting the children and everything. I get
1: so excited and I think oh what can I so I just wonder what I can show the kids this week and, and then I'll have an idea and think, oh that would be great. That would have so much fun. And it is, and I just love seeing the excitement on their faces.
0: So you said you've always loved drawing, but I'd yes, really love to know just everything about you because your your work fascinates me because you're not just colored pencil, your oils, you're you've got different styles. It is just unbelievable what you do. And I'd love to know everything about you.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny how, I mean, I started, I, I just loved to draw as a child. And I, I remember collecting Christmas cards and loving the illustrations on the covers. So I used to paste them in a scrapbook and copy the, the picture that was on the card. I wish I'd have kept it. I have no idea where, where it is now. But um, I just love to copy these images that I loved. Kind of as I went on, I, I found airbrushing and I started to, I did a little airbrush course and, yes, that was great. I, I did a, a few commercial jobs with airbrushing wall murals. I I started to work full-time in a job that I wasn't very happy in, continued my drawing, and then I decided to go back to school and study as an adult in graphic design and I became a, a graphic artist. And it's funny how all these things kind of, that I've learnt over the years have merged together to help me, you know, to get me where I am now. And I loved graphic art as well. And that kind of helps me put my images together before I draw them. So I can I can design my layouts, manipulate the colours in photos. If it's not the best reference, it can be a nightmare. So I can try and manipulate it on the computer before I I print it out and um start with my artwork.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's funny because I was a I wouldn't say I was a graphic designer. I was a layout artist, but I was also um, a Photoshop retoucher. Oh, Um, yes. uh, Yeah, so, you know, my Photoshop skills are pretty good, but only sort of 90s style. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm the
1: same. There is so much to know. I'd I'd be so scared these days. Um, I still use the older program, but it's amazing what you can do with it,
0: really oh no and and how useful it is as well and and like you said you know all of these things I'm sure you get the 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 same comments from people oh my goodness you know don't you wish you could have found this when you were you know 10 years younger or whatever but actually it's all of those experiences that we have along the way that enables us to do now what what we do
1: definitely definitely I, I find um with my airbrushing course, that's where I learned to transfer my images. So I use the old technique where I color the back of my printout, my photo reference with a gray lead. I pop that on the paper that I'm going to be drawing on and I kind of uh, trace around all of my shadows, all of my highlights, and it kind of deconstructs the image into shapes. And then that helps me when I start to pencil it in or to paint it in.
0: So your your process is more around the, the values. You're looking at the values rather than detail.
1: Yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And, and it helps to see things in shapes rather than a, an object like a nose or a mouth to try and look at it as shapes and where those colour shapes are. Yeah. And as long as they're in the right place.
0: Absolutely. Um, the Absolutely. Will
1: turn out the same. Yes. Yeah,
0: because because of course you know you can have a nose that's the right shape of a nose, mm-hmm. but then when you get your values in, and if they're not correct, then your nose could be looking completely skewed.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah, and you don't want that to happen in a no. in a portrait. No. <laughs> no <definitely.
0: laughs> Everything oh. has to
1: be in the exact right place. <laughs>
0: So your process with um cuz I I, I watched you do your color pencil piece and you've just done the most incredible lion. I in fact I left a, I left a comment this morning wanting to know about the whiskers. Um oh, yeah. <laughs> but your your process when you're doing your color pencil work and then when you're doing your oils is it is it very much the same?
1: It is the same. Um it's just the technique that's di- that's different. So the oils stay wet So it's kind of like painting in bands of colour next to each other. Once you get the hang of it, it's it's just so beautiful to use and you can rework areas, you can blur them and you can kind of push the paint around. I guess my oil technique is a little bit different because I paint so in really thin layers and I guess it is like the way I use a pencil, but I would like to develop a more painterly style more defined brushstrokes but it's it's still a process I mean you never stop learning yes no. there's it, just so much to know
0: yeah no because I, I did I have dabbled a little bit in oil and I I've took some lessons with the with Jean Pritchard the amazing uh, wildlife artist and she has a she has a a, a lovely way of, of creating I think there isn't really one specific way of this is how you have to do it everybody finds their own mm-hmm. way I I almost want to just go, right, I'm just going to not learn from anybody, I'm just going to try and do my own thing and see what happens because you can't really fail, can you, when it comes to art?
1: No, no. There is no failing. There's no right or wrong. And that's what I love about it too. Yeah. It's great to take bits and pieces of of different artists and, and then combine it into your own whatever you feel comfortable with and whatever's working. Yes, I, I like I like um looking at all different artists and um seeing their techniques.
0: You you class yourself as, as self-taught and it's just yeah. through, you know, so so if you have somebody who comes to you as a complete beginner, which you will have, you know, because I know you teach children. I'm gonna yep. kind of come onto that in a second, but you also do the sort of like the sip and paint stuff, which I yes. think they just look <laughs> amazing. Because people come in and they go, oh, I can't draw. You know, I, I've never been able to draw. I don't have a creative bone in my body, you know, blah, blah, blah. How do you instill confidence in them and let them understand that actually they can? What, what's kind of your your go-to process for that sort of thing?
1: So firstly, um, I guess they all do say that. when they come in, especially for the sip and paste, because that's all about having fun. And I remind them, it's we're, we're going to have fun. I set them up with a pre-outlined canvas. I think that's kind of, it's already setting them up to succeed because you can get hung up on not having your dimensions correct. So the outlined canvases to start with, and they're kind of colour-coded as well. I stand there and I direct step-by-step so everyone follows me at the same time. Once they start, they do kind of start having fun and they chat to each other and they forget about what they're doing. They're not concentrating so much and they just enjoy the process and by the time they're done they really can't believe what what they've painted and i think it is all about having fun in the process just really enjoying it
0: yeah definitely i've come across a i've come so i came across a comment on facebook this week and i've heard it from another artist as well that feel art should be hard art should be hard and um, we should all, you know, really work incredibly hard to be able to, you know, get any sort of semblance of art out there. And I have completely the opposite uh, idea about art. I think art should feel freeing, should feel easy, should feel enlightening. And I, I completely, I totally uh, respect other people's opinions and everything. But uh, what's what's your sort of take on on that? Exactly the same. It should be fun.
1: I know people do it for different reasons, but um, I think it's mindfulness as well. It's um, kind of zoning out. And I know most artists, when they are drawing or painting, they're not really thinking about anything apart from what they're doing. And I think they're just enjoying, enjoying the process. So I don't think it should be hard. And I don't think anyone should be hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there is no right or, no right or wrong. It's, it's just enjoying what you're creating. I love that. Everybody starts off with a a blank piece of paper just to create something on that plain paper is just amazing
0: definitely yeah yeah and and the tools as well that we can use as artists now is just fantastic i was um taking a class yesterday and and i was saying oh i think I, you see i don't use the grid method i either freehand and measure stuff and all of that kind of stuff or i'll i'll use a, i'll create a digital line art and i'll project it and i'll use that which saves copious amounts of time but a lot of people do use the grid method to kind of sketch out their you know whatever and um and i've said i think we'll probably do a tutorial on using the grid method it's something that i find really alien to me i i, ju- I just find it really I think because when I draw I don't actually copy what's right in front of me and when you're using yeah. the grid method you're basically you know right what's in that box okay we'll put that in which is really great for obviously getting your outline and everything but then I I I can't then do that <laughs> to follow the rest of the thing because yes. I'm just like not- I I look at the image and I just go oh you know I'm just going to kind of take an idea of what this looks like I think as well, people very new to art don't realise that there are these tools that can be utilised. And, and I wonder if that is why people say, oh, I can't draw, because they, they yeah. literally sit down and they try and draw something. They don't know they, or they don't understand the, the the principles of drawing. You know, so it's not just, oh, I can't draw a perfect outline of something but it's not really about drawing a perfect outline it's about understanding shapes and values and curves and you know the structure of something that's what people don't understand and I think they just think they have to sit there with a pencil and be able to draw something perfectly and it's just not how it's just I mean that's never going to difficult
1: way to start yes Um... Yeah. There are so many. There's so many ways that you can start a drawing, and it's, it's. I think it's important to practice life drawing, as well. There are so many ways to, um, you know, to pop your outline onto your, your paper, and I think that is what deters um, a lot of people. Is if they get it wrong from the get go, it's just yep, no, nope, can't do
0: this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you prepare all of your students canvases before they come do you do that even with the with the children that you teach
1: not with the children only for the sip and paints because I want them to have fun and not worry about you know getting the the image on perfect so I kind of set that up for them with the children I show them my transfer technique with the um, graphite on the back of our printout and some of them have been taught that already. Some of them know it and others are blown away. <laughs> Sometimes we do just do freehand drawing, depending on what the image is and depending how much time we have as well. Mm. But we, we, do start, we do start the transfer that way. And it's amazing how all of the students uh, will use the same image and uh, transfer the same outline, but everyone's work ends up being different so they they all have their own little style
0: yeah you see this is what um art in any sort of genre you know people are, uh either love or, or 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 don't love like modern art and all of that kind of stuff abstract stuff people get or they don't get and it's the same with realism isn't it you know it's yeah. like oh well you could just take a photograph and whatever and and I think people don't understand it. it's not it's almost like a calling I think for realism it's not it's you don't just wake up in the morning and just go oh I'm I'm going to draw realistically it's something that you can't help doing Mm -hmm. and it's not the end product that gives you the most joy it's the process of doing and that's why realism artists create realism in my mind it's that process that we absolutely love it's the you know getting the values right getting the fur to look like fur you know not necessarily copying a a photograph exactly and from that like you were saying everybody has their own style you can't not have your own style definitely and and
1: it's it is through the process that you develop your own little techniques, and you think, oh well, that that worked well for fur, or that was perfect for a skin texture. And it's through the process and trial and error where you find these things. And once you do find something that really works, it's it's the best feeling. An example that would be with the lion um, that I completed today, um, I. I purposely chose an image that was, you know, quite challenging with the the long fur and the short fur, the whiskers, the black background, but I wanted to try different techniques just to see how I could achieve the realism in the fur. I have a class coming up with my students where they're drawing their own pet portraits, so I really wanted to have some techniques that I could show them um, just to achieve that as well.
0: Amazing. With the, with the, because you work on like a hot press, don't you? you that's the, the main yes. paper that you work on. So when you do a, a, like a really solid black background, like you've done on the lion, what, what's your technique for that?
1: So I've, I've coloured in the background with a, a black polychromo, but I, I don't like the little pencil marks that you can see on the paper. So I usually do a black watercolour wash over the top and that makes it matte it gives the paper a bit of texture so it's almost like working on pastel matte so then you can rework the white fur over that surface and that kind of happened by mistake (laughs) when I first discovered it but um yeah it really does work
0: oh wow so do you do you'll obviously you know I mean I'm not trying to you know pick up all of your secret techniques not that anybody's no, got secret yeah. techniques, but you know, so it's got um, half of it's obviously you've got the lion on the on one side and you've got the background on the other, so you just do all of your polychromos black first. Yep, yeah, I will do most of the
1: drawing first, right? And then I will start to color in the black, and it's amazing how the colors change. So I, I think it's important to start with the darkest as well by coloring in the black background, it changed. The colours of the lion's fur. Yeah, it's amazing how your eyes, um, you know, it changes. But colouring in the background with the polychromo, all of it, and then yeah. completing the the image, and then the final touch is the the watercolour wash, and then your little highlights.
0: Right, and the watercolour wash is literally just is just a black watercolour over the top. Yeah, just a
1: black watercolour. The little containers, the little um, yeah. Called the little palette. Yep, just wetting up a bit of black on a
0: brush, and just a really light wash. I mean, it doesn't need to be dark; just really light wash. I'm guessing your the, the the background that you do with your with your black pencil, the black color pencil. Do you try and get it as even as possible?
1: I do try to.
0: Yeah, but
1: it's it's impossible. You can see every little direction that you're coloring in with the pencil, yeah. and the light shines on it. Yeah, that would annoy me. So I, I, I really, really like interesting. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. What you were saying about how values change is really interesting because it is so true. And I, I don't know whether you subscribe to Anne Kohlberg's Colour magazine, um, you yes. know, Anne Kohlberg. Yeah. So in her latest, in the latest version, she's done a whole piece about how she does, if she's doing a portrait and she does the background and everything like that, she'll do all of the background first and then come to the face for a couple okay. of reasons one, because that's her favorite bit to do. So she's mm-hmm. always looking forward to coming to do that, that favorite bit, which I completely get. And two, because once she's got all of the values around the face, it's then much easier to get the values in the skin. And this is what I found now yes. from starting to do more human portraits. The first human portrait I did, the values were way out, very pale skin. And they've gradually got darker and darker and darker. Um, and it always amazes me the the strength of the colours that you'd use even in relatively fair skin, and mm. the little girl that I've just done, I did her hand in isolation, the one hold, is holding a daffodil, and I did her little hand in isolation. And my daughter walked in and said, Oh my God, I think she's she's gone a bit heavy with a fake tan, mum. The little hand was really dark. And I was like, oh Mm. goodness, I'm sure I've got my values right, but it it just doesn't look right. As soon Mm. as I put the context around it, the colours just changed, the values changed, it looked Mm. like it was supposed to look. And I think this is where a lot of people struggle, particularly with things like white fur because Mm -hmm. we see white as white and we don't uh, for some reason our brain doesn't compute all of those darker values in something that we consider light yes
1: there are many portraits that I've had to restart because I would I always start with the nose the eyes and move my way around but then when it comes time to adding the hair um, because the hair is dark then the face is is too light so you need to to work it back in but it is important um, to add the darker values in, definitely.
0: Mm. Yeah. Is is there has there been a portrait that you've done that that really kind of changed your outlook on your work? Was it the one that you did that when you were like, oh my, oh my goodness, this is just going to be a game changer for me?
1: I think when I discovered a a process with my colours, and I think it was most important with which colour I would start with and the brand of pencil, that, that really changed it for me. I think starting off with a Derwent, I think their colours are a lot softer than the polychromos or colours. but if I were try and find the mid-tone of the skin of the portrait that I'm drawing, if I start off with the mid-tone and... Draw the entire face, all of the detail with that color. Then I can work back to light, and I can work into the darkest areas. I think that process just—and now I stick to it. It's, it's the way I begin every portrait. Right, right. Finding the middle tone, and um, and drawing the entire portrait with that color, with that one color before I start adding the others.
0: And then going back in again with the with the other bit. So you work kind of over the entire, although you don't always do that, do you? you sometimes work in sort of sections, but with yes, courses, confident that... enough. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but if I'm really worried about the picture and and I'm really worried about getting it right, I will start with the one color, mm. and then I know if it's if it isn't looking right, I'll start again. Right, Yep.
0: right. And you've know I know some people get. One thing that really upsets me is, is people getting really cross with their drawings and kind of ripping it off the drawing board and ripping it off. Oh, yeah. um, and it's something that I've never felt the need to do that. I have restarted pieces, but it's always been a quite a measured decision that I've taken. I'll, be, I'll, I'll kind of go along, I'll go along. I'll maybe have a feeling, I'm not quite sure this is working. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, no, this isn't working. I'm going to restart. But it's always been a measured decision and it's never been done out of anger or frustration or mm. anything like that. And I, I'm always trying to find ways to help people who get really angry with their with their work. Because so I know a lot of yeah. I know it's frustrating, you know, if you can't get something right. But have you got any words of wisdom for people who just get frustrated with something? Yeah, definitely. I think just you just really need to take a step back, walk away
1: calm down. And and then look at it again. And if it's still really bothering you, just, just calmly, like, I think I will feel better about starting again. I know where I kind of went wrong there. And just keep that in mind. When you are starting again, I think if you kind of, if you're really not happy and you keep on trying to change it, it just gets you more and more frustrated. But sometimes it's, you can be too hard on yourself as well. So it is worth taking a break sometimes and, and then coming back to it. And sometimes you might think, oh, that's not bad. That actually looks pretty good. Why was I so hard on myself? But other times you just, what? no, that's not working. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to happen this time. So then just start again.
0: You you come across as a very sort of uh, calm, very serene sort of personality is how i'm seeing you now is is that you is that how, yes, it is how you me. Kind of...
1: i'm just i'm a little bit nervous but you yeah, know this is me um, <laughs> i think i'm pretty patient and calm and um i think that shows in the drawing as well that's just you know patience and um yeah
0: I guess working an awful lot with children, because you do work an awful lot with children. Was there a um was there a decision? Was that really what you wanted to do? You wanted to work with with children and help them, or did you just sort of slip into it?
1: Well, I kind of I, I never really thought about it, but um with my posts on pace on Facebook, a lot of um people would ask, Oh, you should teach and my child loves drawing and And I thought, oh, no, I just love to draw. I I wouldn't know how to teach it, so I just kind of do what I do. I can't explain it. But um, I thought I I wouldn't mind giving it a try. So um, I did and absolutely loved it. Uh, I didn't think I'd enjoy it so much. I mean, I just sat down with a few kids, probably six to start with. I just showed them what I do, and they just followed me step by step. I know my kids love to watch the learn to draw tutorials on YouTube. So I thought I'd just do it the same way. Um, you know, just bit by bit. And we had so much fun. And it kind of just evolved. It just, you know, just went from there.
0: Brilliant. And is that something that you now do on a on a very, very regular basis? Is that part of your business model, I guess? The Yes, the yes.
1: Of- now it is. I love working with kids. I love the energy that they bring to the room um it's, it's just a it's a beautiful sh- social group as well they love to chat and and they, they they just love creating and seeing their faces when the parents come to pick them up and they're showing their parents their drawings it's
0: oh, yeah, nothing big and yeah. of course you don't get all of the hang-ups you get with I mean I'm you know I teach but pe- well my the people i teach are basically like similar age to me you know i don't think anybody'll be upset if i say you know when, when we get to our age we've been through so much we have got hang ups yeah. <laughs> we have got you know ideas we have got limitations we, you know we have these limiting beliefs that we can't do this with children they haven't kind of gone got to the stage where life gets yeah. in the way have they
1: They're so willing to give it a go, and and I do find that the adults are so hard on themselves, really, really doubt themselves, but the the children, they just want to get right into it and and experiment. Yeah, there is a big difference. (laughs) Yeah, the the adults are so hard on themselves.
0: Amazing. And I guess with the children, you don't have, uh, what sort of age group do you teach?
1: Anywhere from 5 to 16, 17. Right, it was a big range in age,
0: yeah,
1: and we' we're, we're all equal in the class, so there's everybody just there's there's no harsh comments. Everyone compliments each other's work, and it's just this really beautiful environment.
0: Oh, that's really nice. And I can imagine that then gives you a fabulous vibe as well.
1: Yes, I'm always happy when I leave a class.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> amazing. Happy. Do you know I don't? I don't think there's anything better than teaching teaching live. So I've I've been. Have you considered teaching on online? Is that something that you sort of have thought about? I
1: have thought about it, but I think um, I just like that face to face interaction. That that one on one. If there is a, a question that someone has, I can actually show them, and I can supply the products that I use I I know it's hard to have you know there's so many colors and and different brands and it's hard to have everything so I like to supply that as well so everyone's on the same page
0: yeah yeah the face the face to face stuff I mean obviously over the last few years it's been quite tricky and I my last face well in person was in the beginning of 2020 Um, and I haven't done any in-person stuff since then and and I'm planning something for this November which is um which I'm really excited about but you're absolutely right you know being able to sort of show show somebody firsthand what pressure looks like because it's so easy for somebody to say I'm going as light as I can Mm -hmm. but their light as they can might not be my light as I can and being able to actually well almost hold the hand and just go right lighter 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 or darker 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 and like you say well if you use this pencil this is the effect that you get which is just um just incredible and you don't get that sort of well I don't know whether it's the same in Australia but certainly in England you don't get that level of creative teaching in schools
1: no not at all I find um a lot of the, the schools lately, I've heard, um, aren't offering art for their students, and um, I think it's just so important for them to be able to express themselves and have that outlet. And I know a lot of art teachers aren't artists in schools, which you know kind of makes it difficult as well.
0: Mm, yeah, I know, and I don't. I honestly don't think it's changed much since I was at school in the eighties. You know, it's all about you get, and I, I know schools have budgets and everything, but you get rubbish, weird paints and yeah. you know, dreadful paint brushes that look like a toilet brush, you know. And how can you possibly do good stuff with you know, like a piece of it's almost like a piece of toilet paper that you're painting on? It's it's just it's it awful. And I know they've got budgets and everything, but um, I was completely uh, I wanted when I was at school. That's I. I loved drawing and I loved art and I drew horses and I and I loved it. And did did go on to sort of like a higher, after my at 15 when I left school I went on and did two years at college, and it was completely put off art. I did want to go and do a degree, a fine art degree. Um, was told I wasn't good enough. And no, then that really. was it. That was it. No, no more art then for 30 years. No more. I mean, it, I was creative because I was working in the creative space and graphic design and everything and, and, and online and digitally, but that's a real shame. And uh, do you know, the amount of people I've just sent an email out recently, telling a little bit about my story to my mailing list. I can't tell you the amount of responses I've had back that have said I exactly the same thing put off at school told I wasn't good enough told I couldn't do it and I haven't drawn for however long um, and for me the colour pencils and being creative again com- just completely changed my life you know when I picked them back when I picked them up I'd never used them before but when I picked them up in 2016 just for coloring books mm-hmm. I've, I've started to do a few little tutorials that are based on coloring Yep. rather than actual, you know, realistic drawing. Because even that, you know, if somebody says, oh, I can't possibly do realistic drawing, well, you can colour. And the amount of peace you get, if you can just sit down and do, and it's just the most fantastic thing.
1: Definitely, definitely. And, and it doesn't make a big difference with the products that you use. You, you can't achieve the same result. I think paper is so important. I think that's number one, paper. I've tried to draw portraits on, on different paper and it's just, just doesn't happen. <laughs> and um, and pencils as well. Mm. You know, some some just don't have that um, you know, that that depth of colour that you want to achieve no matter how hard you push with that pencil, it's you're not gonna achieve that. But I, I think it's important as well to have the right materials.
0: Mm, definitely. I think I was um I can't I think I was probably answering somebody in Facebook or something and and actually when I think about it as a coloured pencil artist if somebody said to me what's the most important material what what have you got to get right before anything else weirdly as a coloured pencil artist I would say my surface my paper if I don't have a you know a good surface then, you know, I'm not going to achieve brilliant stuff. Saying that, I did have, I think back in 2019, this amazing um, woman and she came to me for one-to-one lessons and she'd been drawing on like, it was like shiny cardboard. Okay. But she was doing the most amazing job. Um, It was called Christine, Christine Turtle, I think. I I think it's Christine Turtle. And she brought me her work and she was like, This is the this is the surface I've been working on. I was like, oh my goodness, how are you managing to? And her work was just oh and I said, Oh my goodness, when you start working on a surface that actually helps you, yeah, yeah. I don't know where your work's gonna go. And she started working on pastel mat and she blew my mind with the quality of the work that she was doing because she was working so flipping hard on this horrible <laughs> shiny card um you know so when she used a surface that was so forgiving and took the pencils and took the layers and everything she was like oh my god <laughs> it's like completely changed her world um Surely you know so I guess you me. I guess if you've got that I'm going to say talent, and we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. I guess if you've got that that bit of a spark, you you probably can create a masterpiece on the on the back of an envelope. Yeah. But it's going to be really hard. And I think mm. just the the you know your your normal artist like me, <laughs> you know, it's going to be really 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 hard work. And I'm not sure I have got the perseverance to keep going on something that's um, you know, that's just too hard. <laughs> I'm a bit lazy. Yeah. Um difficult yeah what what do you feel about because I I know you'll have exactly the same thing as as countless other artists and me you'll have people complimenting your work and saying oh you've got a a talent a a god-given talent all of that kind of stuff personally I take it as the compliment it's meant to be I always take it as a compliment I never feel hard done by or, or anything like that um but I know it's a you know, it's definitely something that comes up in my groups quite a lot, uh, you know, and people will be a little bit disgruntled. Maybe if somebody says they've got talent and it's not talent, it's just all of the hard work they put in. Um, what's your feeling on well, talent and all of that kind of stuff? I guess it's n- nature nurture, isn't it?
1: Yes, I think it's, um, you know, there is a bit of talent, but it also takes a lot of practice. Um, you know, I've been drawing all my life and drawing every day I wasn't at this stage you know 20 years ago my drawings looked a lot different but but I don't I don't uh, get upset when people say you're talented I'd I take it as a compliment and I'll always thank them for it mm. but um, I, th- I think maybe you need a little bit of both but but I definitely think if you don't have a drawing talent you can definitely develop it um, through you know through practice and I think it, it depends the way you, you see things as well. Uh, I think that's very important.
0: So I have a uh, a brother who is a an opera singer. Oh wow. A very good, a very good opera singer, uh, has a beautiful voice and has had a beautiful voice since he was well, since he was born. He was head chorister, um, sang for the queen, you know, a, a very, very beautiful uh voice. And he has definitely got. a a gift. Mm. However, he's had to hone that gift. He's had to practice. He's had to put all of the work and everything in. I think with art, with with anything really, some people have a little spark of something, whether it's a, a little bit of magic that they really do understand values and all of that kind of stuff they they have to put the work in to be able to you know to to work it up and get to where they are and other people just have to work incredibly incredibly hard uh you know it's like the 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 children at school when you're at school some children are really gifted and they just sail through and they don't have to do any work and you know they get all of their exams and everything other children have to work so hard my uh one of my sisters i've got quite a lot of um i've got four sisters and a brother my the sister who's just 14 months older than me worked incredibly hard at school because she wanted to go to medical school and it she wasn't one of those people who had like a you know photographic memory or anything like that she had to put the work in and she has worked so 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 hard all of her life that she now has got to the point where she's really, really high up um, in in the NHS and she was sort of like number one at her. She's a dermatologist. But she had to put all of that work in, but she had all of the passion for that. You know, she was yes, really yes. passionate about it. Um, so now she's, you know, she was number one. Um, yep. And I, I do think that with artists as well, even if you feel you don't have that talent or that spark or that whatever you know putting the work in really honing your techniques really practicing you know you can you can be whatever you want to be but there are going to be people who have got a natural gift Mm -hmm. who get there quicker and who find it easier
1: i think it depends how interested you are as well how passionate you are yeah if the interest isn't there. I guess you're not really going to try. But if you are really interested, even if you don't have that natural talent, it's something that you can achieve. If if you have that passion and you want to do it, definitely I think you can achieve anything.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's like me with this this little girl that I've just drawn. So I love drawing texture. Oh, that is amazing. That oh is I love her so much. I love her so much. But I know that I could have done a far better job on the background. I know I, know I could, but I just wasn't. I just wasn't passionate enough about grass. <laughs> oh, grass
1: is one of those things. It is so difficult. It is so difficult. Um. But that um that background was amazing. And that that denim, how incredible is it to draw denim?
0: <laughs> it's you know, I think that's probably one of my most favorite things to do now. Yeah. Because and and what's what's lovely is people look at it and go, oh my god, oh, that's amazing. Look at all of that detail. And I'm like, wait till you because I recorded it all. Okay. Wait till you see, wait till you see how I did it, because it's really not hard. Yeah, it's it's really not hard.
1: Easy to achieve that look.
0: Yeah. Because because it's just how you lay your pencil down and what you take off the paper. And it's that illusion of incredible detail and light and dark. And light and dark in the I know they all have to be in the right places in the right quantity. And that's where it starts to get a little bit challenging. But I do feel that some people think with realism, you have to sit there and draw every tiny little bit of detail. And for me, I don't know whether that's what you do, but for me, that's not how I do it. I look at a structure and I go, that's the texture. That's the quality I'm wanting. How do I achieve that with my pencils in the quickest Mm -hmm. and easiest way possible? And, And then off I'll go. And usually it's just a couple of layers and some eraser.
1: Basically, getting it down and then you can fine tune the detail. Yeah, especially with fur and hair, rather than trying to draw every single little strand, it's just getting that block section in, and then you can you you can fine tune it after that.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Is that one of the things that you teach your students? So one of the things. So I do I do a lot of critiques, and one of the things that comes up time and time again is. Uh, people are so invested and almost obsessed with detail but the detail that are like hairs individual fur all of that kind of stuff and as I've kind of grown as an artist I've come to realize that actually I don't need to put those in and they can be quite distracting Uh, so I when I'm advising people and I'm critiquing their work I'll talk about having you know you can have areas in your drawing the same drawing where you've got high detail and then areas where you're just kind of coming out a little bit and it's a little bit softer and you you kind of come out of focus and you don't focus on the details is that I know that your pieces are absolutely wonderful and I from your pieces I see exactly that is that something? How do you teach your children not to be obsessed with details, or do you just allow them just to do whatever they they I want
1: to do? Allow them to do what what they feel they need to do, but I guide them. You know, f- from the beginning, we block in the colors that we see, and work it up from there. You know, sometimes if they want to go heavier in a section, I let them let them do mm-hmm. that, let them experiment and find their way, but um. Definitely blocking in the sections and and seeing the values, just kind of studying a picture and and breaking it apart into the values. Uh, I th- think it's important to kind of see an, an image that way. Mm. Otherwise, it's hard to know what to put where.
0: Do you do you use uh, grayscale images at all to help them sort of like understand their values or any of the like the the little I was going to pull one out here, but I don't know where mine's gone. Like the little value card things.
1: Uh, no, we haven't used those, but we have done a few black and white studies of an eye and um, and lips, and I think that was really helpful. Mm. We used uh, blending tools, a little, what are they called, the little paper stumps? Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, we used those blending tools and we used a bit of tissue on the end of our finger as well just to get some really nice tones in the eye and the face, and, and they really loved that. It was Something that could be achieved easily and look realistic, and then we just went back in with needle blue races and put in some highlights and the eyes, the black and white eyes. I think that was an important lesson, just to teach them the values, because uh, it can be it can be so confusing when there are so many colours. It's sometimes it's good just to step back.
0: That's it, isn't it? Uh, you know, and and I think colour just confuses, just confuses everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> I, have, <laughs> I, have, I have a saying that you know, color colour just isn't important when it comes to realism, values and are, are number one, and then I guess everything else is number two. <laughs> you, know, yeah. color, you know, I know when you're drawing somebody's dog or cat or horse or whatever, you do want to get the colour, you know, correct, I guess, but you can still push color and have it look realistic you know you can have you can have something in a completely wrong color like bright pink or bright yellow or whatever if you've got your values and everything it's still going to look really realistic color does have its have its place because obviously you you know if you're drawing a realistic portrait of a dog you need to have it the the right color but you're never going to have it realistic if you don't have your values right and that's something that I do try to put over to my students because People become obsessed with getting the right mix of colour.
1: Yep, definitely. For years I would only draw monotone portraits. I was so afraid to use colour. So many years. And, and that's all that I would do. But then when I discovered colour, it was a game changer. But um I think it is important just to practice monotone and just get those values right. Mm.
0: Yeah. How do you mix your colours? How do you, when you're, um, you know, when you're working on a portrait for yourself, say you're starting a new portrait, you obviously pick, for, if you're doing a, a human portrait, you pick the mid-tones, you work with those. What's your process for mixing colour?
1: There are so many colours that I can see in one spot. Sometimes I've I've had someone ask, what, what is that skin colour? <laughs> and I'd say oh, it's about 40 different colours mixed together. Um I don't know, I just I study the photo reference and just see the colours and then I will just experiment and until I achieve that, sometimes it's just one colour, sometimes it, it might be a little bit of green, then I need to put on top of that flesh tone so that it's not so red. I think it's important to to have a bit of a knowledge about colour as well. If something is looking too pink, knowing what colour to add to that to tone it down, or if something is too green, knowing what to add to that to brighten it up. I find a lot of greens and uh, violet purples are a key to flesh tones um, because it can be really hard to get a realistic flesh tone.
0: Yeah. So many
1: different different variants of colour.
0: And do you mix your colours on the on the surface? Do you then just go and write, well, let's like, experiment with this, or do you swatch or
1: I I'd straight onto the surface.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> straight onto it. Yeah. I probably, probably. shouldn't, but well, just I, the I way. mean,
0: I I well, I think there's no right or wrong, is there? That's exactly what I do. I mean, I might have a I might have a bit of a particularly with colours that I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm drawing something where I'm using colors that I don't know, I might just have a scribble at the bottom of the page, but I won't kind of work up layers and stuff. I'll just sort of shove loads of colors in until I get get the right one. Um, But do you see can do you see colors in your head? Can you sort of look at something and you've got like a visual in your head as to what might work?
1: Yep, definitely. Yep, I kind of break it up. It's almost like a puzzle. Break all the colors up in a sweet. sometimes when i'm talking or having a conversation with someone i do the same thing to their face they <laughs> probably wonder why i'm staring at them so weirdly <laughs> but um yes i break everything up into colors into shapes just by studying that image and i think you just you end up having your favorites like your your go to but it's you know it's important to experiment from there as well and try try other things but i do definitely see the colors
0: so i i've I've been drawing for seven years and I I think get more and more and more excited about my drawing every every day <laughs> I've never got to a point where I I don't want to draw I mean there might be days where I choose not to draw because I'm doing something else um but I've never got to the point where I'm like oh I can't do this I've never got to the point of burnout or or any anything like that I I guess I'm I guess I'm lucky that way, although I do in my business, I make sure I have a lot of help. I always ask for help. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why drawing is still very much a a hobby for me, as well as it being, you know, the most important part of my business. Uh, You know, has there ever been a time where you felt that you didn't want to draw or? Um,
1: I've never really had that that burnout. It's always even sometimes it can be discouraging if you, you're given a photo reference that is really not really not a good reference. that might be you know really blurry or hard to hard to see. But I kind of look at it as a challenge. Um, it's like right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this uh, it's um always a challenge. I've never not wanted to draw.
0: Mm and what's your what's your favorite subject to draw
1: oh i definitely animals i've always loved to draw animals love to draw fur and eyes i guess um but yeah definitely fur i just love the texture and just creating that depth
0: and is there something i don't know whether you're like me i have um, a collection of uh photos that i sort of collect or i've got ideas in my head and everything and i'm like right this is my because i do pieces pff, for myself, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in between commissions and sort of like tutorials and things. Is there a piece that you're, you'd are you really want to draw but you haven't yet or that you're looking forward to doing?
1: It's funny you say that because the I rarely get to draw for myself. So the lion has been one that I, I chose for myself and just for that challenge. So I was really excited about starting that. I love it when you have that piece and you just don't want to put it down. You could you lose track of hours, <laughs> and you just sit there for hours and hours, just enjoying it. But it is nice to make a bit of time for yourself to to choose an image and and get excited about drawing something.
0: Definitely, definitely. And then finally, because we, we've we've been talking for nearly an hour. Honestly, I'm I've, I can't tell you how excited I was. About to be. <laughs> Me too. I've been so nervous about this. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no, you don't need to be nervous about something to <laughs> Um um Can you describe your, I guess, a, a little bit about your workspace, but also do you have any kind of a, a ritual? Is there a certain time of the, the day that you draw? Do you have to have a cup of tea there or, you know, uh, do you have to have a sandwich before you draw? What's sort of your, your normal ritual for sitting down and to draw?
1: Definitely my cup of coffee, and I love to sit there and draw while I listen to True Crime podcasts. I kind of just get lost, and I just listen and um, and I just draw, and and the time just goes by. And that's my my little happy place, I guess. <laughs> Funnily enough, and um, my workspace. Um, I mean, I'm just drawing on a desk. Sometimes it's on the dinner table if the piece is is um, quite large. And sometimes that doesn't really work out well. I came home one morning from a a school drop-off to find a a piece that I'd been working on three weeks in the making. My dog had gotten up and grabbed it off the the table. (laughs) And I found it. It was just absolutely demolished. Couldn't believe it. (laughs) That was one that I had to start again and oh, I no. had to send it to the United States, it was a commissioned um, portrait. That was a, a gift for someone, and I was so excited about finishing it because, like I said, it had taken like countless hours over three weeks. And I was excited about um, getting home, making my coffee, sitting down, and finishing it. And my my um dog made a mess of it.
0: Oh no! What sort of dog have you got? A naughty English, one, Oh, yeah. oh gosh! Right. Okay. I've got a well. I've got. She looks like a cocker, but a working cocker. She's actually a cockapoo, but she doesn't look like a cockapoo. No. She's like a little. They are naughty. He's naughty,
1: and he just he eats everything. Absolutely everything. Oh, no. So you draw I, flat. You draw flat. Flat. Right. Yes. Yes. Definitely. I paint up on an easel, um, yeah. but I draw flat. It's not. It's not ideal for my wrists, but um, I think that's the way I'm most comfortable working.
0: Yeah, yeah. Gosh, wow. Oh, it's uh, honestly, it's, um, I'm so sad for you for your portrait. <laughs> I, I know I shouldn't laugh, but, um, you know, that's the most, one of the most devastating things to happen, isn't it? <laughs> when your work just, is ruined. I just, I think the
1: <laughs> hardest the hardest thing was was knowing I had to redraw what I had already done. <laughs> Just, I don't like drawing the same thing twice. No, I think that was the hardest part. But oh. I mean, the the second time round, it I, I think it looked better than the first one. So.
0: Well, there you are. <laughs> Silver lining. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh gosh. Oh, well, it's been um, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you. And I know yeah, there are so many people who are going to be really, really excited to to hear more about you oh, your work and everything. You know, and I'd love to talk to you again uh sometime, maybe not on on a podcast and everything. Cause I honestly yeah, I, I just I think your work is incredible thank you I, you know and, and but the other thing as well is your work is incredible but you come across as just the most lovely person
1: no, thank you. And so do you. It's been so nice chatting with you.
0: Oh gosh, my my is i okay.
1: have to do it again. And yep, yeah, <laughs> put the kettle on and sit down and have a chat.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. It's something I've been have been thinking about, and I know I've got another Australian artist actually uh, who uh, was saying that she'd really like to almost get into sort of like a little bit of a a huddle every now and again. You know, for working artists, just to have a bit of a bit of a chat and everything, which would be quite yeah, nice. Yeah. um so thank you thank you so much I guess it's your evening and you'll be um you'll be off to off to bed or whatever yeah yes. Uh, yeah I've got the whole day in front of me so um, <laughs> thank you so much for your time thank you for chatting thank you for me. having me on oh it's been an absolute pleasure it's just been honestly brilliant for me to chat to you <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and been we'll, speak, we'll speak again really soon hopefully no worries awesome <laughs> Okay. thank you bonnie. you have a lovely day you too bye bye I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of my it's a bonnie old life podcast if you did I'd be so grateful to you for emailing me or texting a link to the show or sharing it on social media with those you know who might like it too My mission with this podcast is all about sharing mine and my community's experience and hope by telling your fascinating personal stories, championing the other amazing humans in my personal, professional, and membership community, and to create another channel through which I can support you to realize your colored pencil and life dreams. If you haven't done so yet, please help me on my mission to spread positivity and joy throughout the Coloured Pencil world by following me on my socials at Bonnie Snowden Academy or by getting on my list at BonnieSnowdenAcademy.com. And remember, I truly believe if I can live the life of my dreams doing what I love, then you can too. We just need to keep championing and supporting each other along the way in order to make it happen. Till next time.